Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening and welcome to Tuesday Topics. I'm Paul Edwards, glad to be your host. I want to begin with a really exciting announcement. We are actually we we are actually close to reaching a miraculous event. Um, and my thanks goes to Jeff Bishop for making this happen. It looks like Tuesday Topics will very shortly be available as a podcast. So uh, we sent in all the information for the first 21 issues, and in fact, I sent him the information for this evening's program as well. And I think within the next day or two, folks can expect to be able to find all of the 21 or 22 Tuesday topics that are out there uh, available for your listening pleasure. Now, it's not an excuse to not listen live, though. No, because if you listen live, Tuesday Topics ceases to be topical. <laughs> we need you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So tonight we're, we're talking about the state of the pandemic. And, and I want to begin by sharing a little bit of stuff that I've listened to over the last couple of weeks. I am into a BBC radio program, which is called In Touch, that is on at... Um, 3.45 Eastern Time every Tuesday on BBC Radio 4. It's a fun program to listen to if you haven't had an opportunity to do it um, because there is a real different perspective uh, about blindness that operates in the UK than operates here. Um, and they have been spending a lot of time talking about the pandemic over the last several weeks. And there were a couple of, I think, significant things that they talked about. Two or three weeks ago, they talked about the degree to which blind people felt discriminated against when they went out during the pandemic. So they'd get into a store and they would be accused of not knowing which way to go and not keeping to the one-way signs and not maintaining distance and a range of other things like that. They were also um, accused of not being fast enough at counters, holding up the line, making people stay out longer than they needed to in the pandemic, and therefore being what amounted to a public health hazard. So I found that intriguing. I suppose I don't want to move to the UK right away. I think they're being rather rude to blind people is what I think. But anyway, that's me, isn't it? Anyway, so that was one program. Was that, your, program. was that was that your best cockney or what? Well, yeah, it was It was my best one for the moment anyway. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Thanks. We could try another accent later if you like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but um, today 
on in touch and by the way this is available as a podcast uh, in touches um, they talked about going back to school at schools for the blind and going back to school at regular schools and how that was going to be for blind people and what kind of provisions they'd made and it occurred to me that that's another topic um, that that might be part of our discussion tonight because what they said in, in, in their, their program was that some schools are requiring masks for blind people. Uh, some schools, mainstream schools, are taking a really interesting approach. The two blind kids who were going to this primary school were actually in their first year, and they actually invited those kids in early and showed them their classroom, allowed them to wander around their classroom for a while uh, so that they became accustomed to it and therefore would be able to better distance once they got there. And I thought that was kind of interesting. So... Everybody should have their hands down now because we are getting ready for the first question, which people will be asked to raise their hands about. And I would like to, to take a question that concerns the British broadcast. And that question is, is there anybody in the group who feels like during the pandemic uh, you've been discriminated against either by the pandemic or by the public or in other ways. And if you have, will you tell us about them? I, I think that certainly in Britain, there's a feeling that folks are. And I'd be interested if we can come up with examples in this country as well. So I'm going to give about another 10 or 15 seconds for people to get their hands fully raised and then I will invite Rick to invite our first victim. So we've got Kathy Blackburn, Paul. Kathy from Texas. Go for it, Miss Kathy. Yes, I haven't been out much, but I've had to go with my husband had an appointment at a doctor's office, and I wanted to go with him to hear what was said. So when we got in there, I ended up having to walk holding on to Audley's arm while he was using his guide dog because nobody in this clinic wanted to provide any assistance. So do you feel that that Audley was discriminated against or that you both were? Um, well, I don't, um, he didn't, he never said he felt discriminated against, so I won't be trying to speak for him, but I, I felt like I was. Excellent. Miss Kathy, thank you very much. And, and, and perhaps you'll come back on one of our later questions as well. Yeah, Ethel, please. Ethel. How are you doing? Good. Great. Okay, well, um, this just went through, uh, I just something I experienced yesterday. I had some lab work that I needed to get done at a lab. So I, um, I went and I, I had my, um, Jaws is talking. Okay. I had my um, medical transportation arranged. So that was no problem. They were able to assist me um, 
and to get me to the door to find the door with my white cane because it was a building I hadn't um, I wasn't familiar with so we got in um, but then you know that's as far as they go and that was fine no worries I'm inside the building so I, I go straight down the counter my cane found the counter um, and I expected as usual to have someone behind that counter but in this new age of COVID that's not the case anymore. I was standing there, hello, hello. Um, and then finally, someone in the reception area, noticing the cane, you know, helpfully said, there's nobody there. And I said, oh, did they step out? And they said, no, you, there's a check-in. You now check in at that tablet over there. And I went, oh, no, it's a tablet. And so I started feeling, feeling, and, and um, of course, it wasn't audible. I found it, but it wasn't audio. And um, this helpful lady stepped up, and she said, well, you don't actually touch it. There's this help, this pen over here, and she just, I was like, wow, really? And I go, I have an appointment, but she said, no, you have to check in. If you have, they want your ID, so I found my, I'm having to give my ID um, to this total stranger in the dark uh, who's doing <laughs> something completely inaudible over there, checking me in, asking me my phone number, everything to put into this tablet that's completely inaccessible to me. And then um, says, okay, so... Um, you're all set. She tucks my ID, puts it in my hand, and, and uh, says, there you go. Um, I'll help you to your, have a seat over here, and they'll be phoning you um, or texting you, and then you go back there somewhere when the technician <laughs> is ready for you. I'm like, what a freaking nightmare. Oh, my gosh. The world just, I think, covid got ADA. It killed it. It completely killed it. And and then she just saw, I must have seen, you know, she sat me down and I was still like, wow. And she went, you know what? I'm just going to pop my head back there and um, let them know that you're here. <laughs> and so she, That's I don't very know, cool. Left over it, that, that counter. And I that know. That was very I, nice of her. It was. Trust me, I was praying. I was like, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for sending your angels when ADA is not around. Appreciate yeah, and Miss, and, and Miss Ethel, you think that this is part of the distancing exercise of the, of the doctor's office? Oh, very much so. Very much so. Yeah. Excellent. Miss Ethel, thank you so much. Yeah, Joseph. I think that I feel so bad for Ethel. I would have helped her. I would have told her she's blind. Help her out. That's ridiculous. I feel discriminated. As a blind person, there, just stop, Josh. Uh, I was sick, as you know. I had COVID. I went to see the doctor, uh, the nurses. I wanted to go visit with the nurses and show them my appreciation and bring them some gifts. But because of this foolishness, I think it's a way overdone. They wouldn't let me go in and visit uh, any of the nurses. Well, you can leave it at the door, sir. I says, I'm not leaving anything at the door to go get stolen. I'll just wait till people decide to undo what, you know, open up the country and 
take the hydrochloricone, whatever it is, and get better and <laughs> So you just took your gifts home? Is no, that what you did? I never even brought them. I, I was going to buy some muffins and a nice coffee maker to them. But I didn't do it because you never know what will happen. You don't leave things. You want to go out and hang out with the nurses and thank them and show them appreciation. They were extremely good. There were a few things that happened, but they were extremely good. And the whole thing is shopping is hard for me, Paul. Getting a cleaner because they won't come out because of COVID. They're all overdoing it, I think. In my Excellent. Thanks. Excellent. Joe, thank you so much, sir. Yep. I'll be Excellent. I'll, I'll stay for a, a little while, then I have to leave. Thanks. Excellent. Very good. Yeah, Sharon. Sharon. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. Um, mine has to do with cars. Uh, for quite a while at my bank, um, you had to go, the lobby was locked. So you had to go uh, make an appointment uh, uh, unless you were in a at the drive-thru. Otherwise, you made an appointment at, you know, to come into the lobby. When you got there, you called and they let you in. And what I found interesting about it was that um, the assumption was that you would come through the drive-thru. And every time I called and said, I can't come through the drive-thru. Uh, oh, well, then you have to make an appointment. But it wasn't a, an automatic part of their reply to think about what if you didn't have a car. And then yesterday, my lab work that I had yesterday was not as difficult as Ethel's. But when I got there from paratransit and got to the door, it was locked. And fortunately, the cab driver who was paratransit said, oh, it says, must go in garage entrance. So he brought me into the garage entrance, and uh, he had to leave. And I'm like, okay, now what do I do? And uh, praise God, there was a woman there who was going in, who walked in with me and um, got me up to the third floor. And then when I was finished, I was able to go to the lobby and walk out that locked door because it was not locked ah. from inside so that was okay so i could call my cab and you know go that way but i said to people there i said you know no one told me that it was going to be the garage entrance you know and it was just an assumption that of course you would see you it can read the sign yeah you can read the sign and that you would be coming by car you know right in some way. right yeah so those so, are my two things yeah, so I'll, I'll share with you my experience with the bank because it was a little different. Um, I was trying to do something that required me to go into the bank. Uh, I tried to persuade them that it, it shouldn't require me to go into the bank. And they thought about it for a while, and they, I, it, had, it was something I needed to get done that day. And they said, well, you can write a letter and send it to us. And if you sign the letter and send it to us a, a week from now, we can do it. <laughs> so that didn't quite do it so then i get to the bank uh well the, the the other thing is they they suddenly told me oh and by the way um that branch is not open as it usually is till four o'clock it closes at one so i said oh my goodness so sort of 11 now so i jump in the shower throw on clothes jump jump in a lift <laughs> or, and arrive at the bank to find the lobby has reached its capacity. Oh, okay. And, and here I am standing in, in line expecting to socially distance um, out in the sun 
for about 15 minutes. And mm-hmm. I kept saying to the person in front of me, so I, I, I know you don't want me to get any closer to you. So will you tell me when you move? <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. Were they doing that? <laughs> he, he did it. He was, he was actually very good. Um, okay. And and eventually I got to the door, and after that everything was everything was pretty normal. But um, trying to social distance in in a line that isn't at all defined, with yeah. with with no strips, uh, right. was an interesting exercise. Um, and uh, you know I, I I think that folks were more afraid of me than I was of them. Yeah. So it's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Thank you, Miss Sharon. Okay. Yes, Pam, coffee, please. Similar situation at my bank. Uh, you have to go through the drive through I don't even think they're doing appointments now unless it's a matter of life and death. And so, uh, yeah, if you, if you have to go to the bank, you have to use the drive through which is not practical. Well, <laughs> for a lot of us, it is not practical. Just wear and, roller skates, Pam. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, you know, I used to roller skate, but there again, you got to know where you're going. It's hard to do that with a cane. Um, but the other situation I had was uh, with the uh, income tax preparer. Uh, and this was, my appointment was initially before the deadline was extended. Mm -hmm. So this was very early in the pandemic. We were totally on lockdown here, except for essential workers, or if you had to go to the doctor or you had to go to whatever. So um, I called the tax office and I told them, um, I have an appointment on such and such a day, um, and obviously I have to come by to uh, deposit my um, information, the documents they need, because, well, it's a complicated situation. I could not do it all online from home. Got it. So I said, how do we do it? And they said, you come in the front door into the waiting room. And of course I knew that area cause I've been there before you go in the waiting room, you uh, come up to a desk, you pick up a form and you fill it out <laughs> and sign it. And you put that and all of your documents in a drop box. I said, uh, there's one small problem. And I explained, I said, I will be coming alone, um, you know, paying a, someone to bring me. And, mm. you know, the, this filling out the form is going to be a, a problem. And, and the signing it, because someone will need to tell me where to show me where to sign. Mm-hmm. So they um, delayed, my, they rescheduled my appointment. By this time, the uh, deadline had been extended. I think we had to re- reschedule it three times. And the, the last thing that had to happen was the masks that I had 
ordered finally got here and I could actually go in there with a mask. So uh, it was, you know, by the time I finally got there, I mean, we'd had to delay it something like three times. Um, and it was very frustrating. Now, did, did you have trouble getting your masks, Pam, or? No, uh, well, I, I only had problems because no one close by here, like the pharmacies that are close by or stores that would have normally carried masks, they were always out of stock. I mean, as soon as a shipment had come in, boom, you know, they were gone. So I ended up ordering some online. So once I found a place online where from whom I could order masks, uh, I just had to wait a few days. I mean, then, so how, but, how did the tax people eventually sort your thing out? Did they, well, did, I, did they, did someone fill out the form for you? Yes. Or? When I, when I finally was able to go, they were beginning to open up a little bit and I just went in with, with the mask on, of course, and practically bathed in hand sanitizer and <laughs> went, went up to the desk and um, the um, person uh, showed me where to, well, actually, no, I left my documents. Um, I did sign one thing, but then when I had to go and pick up the, when they did the finishing touches on the form, I had a whole bunch of stuff I had to sign. And by then it was, things were open a little more and uh, they just showed me where to sign. And I mean, I was constantly doing the sanitizer. Excellent. <laughs> and, <laughs> we and finally got it the, done. What part of the country are you in, Pam? I'm in Alabama. I'm just, out, I'm just outside of Birmingham, little place no one's ever heard of unless they live here. Very good. Thank you, Miss Pam. Thank you. Excellent. The last hand in this round is Donna Browning, please. Donna Browning. Hello. Hello, Miss Donna. So I had to go get some tests done, and they call your name and when she called my name, I couldn't find her. I couldn't find the door where she was. Uh, and I have a little vision and I'm like, okay. So I kept calling for, her. she came to me and I was kind of surprised because she wanted me to take her arm. Well, I would have been okay with that normally. Uh, but I'm like, mm, no, thank you. I appreciate that. But mm, I'll just try to follow. <laughs> and, and I'm able to follow. That's fine. But I was really surprised that she wanted me to touch her. I was very surprised by that. It kind of shocked me um, because, yep, you, you it, know, I've run into it, the opposite other times. Yeah, people just don't want to. And you have run into that, have you, um, where, where people don't want you to touch them? Oh, yes. Oh, yep. yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, right. You know, like in my office, we, we are very strict and... Um, when we go in and people are staying uh, close to each other. And if you just walk in the hall, they're like, uh, don't get too close. <laughs> you know, Gosh. And, yeah. And I'm okay with that because I don't want to get close either, but very interesting. The differences. Now, 
do, do you tend to wear your mask all the time you're in the office, Miss Miss Donna? Yeah. We have to wear it anytime we're moving around the office. If we are at our desk, we do not have to because of the way they've got us spaced out. And there's also a big plastic thing to the left of me on my desk. Um, so, like a plexiglass thing that keeps you from breathing on the person next to you. Well, but she's not really that close to me personally. I think it would be okay it not being there. But yeah, so it's so that we won't breathe on each other. And if she comes up near me, she has to, you know, would want to stop definitely behind that. So but we're yeah. taking a we're taking a poll uh, of of another question. Nobody else but you knows it yet. Um, but does the mask impair your ability to get around? Yes, it's it's a, it's actually interfering with how I see and how I hear. Mm -hmm. Now, why why with how, why with how you see? Because I do see some, and I try to use the vision I have. Um, but I guess it's because um, it's making my glasses fit different. I don't know. Gotcha. I don't know if it's because it's right underneath my field of vision and it's, uh, you know, glaring. I don't know. Uh, but I noticed that the first time I put the mask on, before anybody ever mentioned anything like that, right? I told my husband, I said, this is messing with my vision. I said, yep. it's making it worse. Excellent. Thank you, Miss Donna. Sure. All right. So, apparently, doctors' offices and banks are not places we should frequent during the pandemic. So, let us talk about uh, another question. Um, during our first program, one of the things that that we asked was how we thought that blind people had an advantage during the pandemic. Um, and we said that, that we knew a lot about um, ordering things online. We knew how to get books. We were pretty accustomed to entertaining ourselves. And there were lots of points that we made about um, the pandemic and the way that it operated. So the question becomes, do we still feel pretty superior about the pandemic or is that changing? That's the new question. So uh, I'd be interested in getting some responses. And, and if you've thought of some other advantages that blind people have during the pandemic that weren't perhaps discussed during our first call, it'd be fun for you to share those as well. Mr. Rick, do we have any hands for this round? No hands yet, Paul. Well, we do. But let me just let me offer a couple of my own opinions. That, Please. And you're, you're making me think about this, which I hadn't really thought about, but I haven't been getting out very much. And I'm happy as a clam as long as I'm home, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, what everybody's been talking about is, you know, the fact that all these things have been lifted and now we got to go out and do things. Um, I like to go to the dentist uh, as an example. And this is kind of an example, again, to the first question. But uh, they want you to stay in your car, you know, in, in, until they call you to come in, right? So, mm -hmm. so there's all these things being put in place to, you know, take the personal interaction out of things and, and really, really, you know, introducing a lot of, um, a lot of barriers that, when we were operating, you know, out of home, right? When, when you know, right. the equal, equalizer was everybody was home, 
but now that we're trying to integrate back, it's uh, it, it, it hasn't been all that easy. So, uh, and, and and of course, if we were using Uber or Lyft or a cab or public transit, um, we couldn't wait in our car. So, w would they just expect us to wait outside? Yeah. It, it well, it's it's you know. It, to be kind, it's what I would call an unintended consequence of their decisions. Yeah. I, I think people just don't, you know, they just don't anticipate this stuff, mm -hmm. and, uh, which kind of introduces a whole nother layer of the type of advocacy that perhaps we ought to be doing, mm -hmm. you know, um, just to remind folks that we're still around and we're not going anywhere. And, and, and we really are human beings, too. Yeah, who ought, to, who ought to have some rights to at least some consideration, if not special consideration. Chris Coulter, please. All okay. right. Hi. Hi. Um, I, actually, my experience, and possibly this is because uh, my husband can see and, and I don't have to go places totally alone, but... Um, my, my experience has been that to a great degree, the p pandemic has kind of been a leveler between blind and, and sighted because we, we are all in the position of being part of the pandemic, which is new to everybody. And the people who are saying, uh, oh, no, no, you mustn't touch. You can't, I can't take your arm. Um, some of them are are as afraid they're doing because they're as afraid as they can be of of not following the rules. Hmm. But but how is it how is it really a lever leveler, Chris? Because I'm not getting that. It's because it's all new. The blindness is new to them. The pandemic is new to all of us. Every one of hmm. us. And I try to approach. So so can we get some advantage if we say, do what I want or I'll touch you? Oh, well, you know, you could, <laughs> but no, my, my, the way I see it is I try to tap into that whole thing about, well, you, you, you are as clueless as I am. And, and this is what I would really like to do. And if they still say no, then I'll go ahead and say, okay, okay. I'll do it your way. I'll take the wheelchair, which is my big thing. I'll take Got the it. wheelchair, even though I can walk perfectly well. Right. Guide. Right. I did not try to, I, I, I didn't, I don't feel like I should force people to guide me or to do anything that's going to make them uncomfortable either. But we can work it out together and learn yep. from each other. Yeah. So Chris, have, have, have you thought of, have you thought of, uh, of, of any more ways that blind people have an advantage during the pandemic? Um, no, not really. Uh, I think a lot of people gave some good answers last time. But I, I yep. feel like for myself, um, no, I think we've all, I think I, think, uh, I as far as that goes, have been pretty, I've been living pretty much the same life as always. Yep. And, and, and you've been sheltered from the storm by your husband, which is a good thing. Well, not exactly, because he's had two strokes and he's, uh, he can only, really only is comfortable driving in sh on short distances and kind of uh, uh, 
calm streets and things. Yeah, so no cross-country uh, trips for you no, this summer. No, we wanted to, but it's nah, not going to happen. Freeways are out. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Chris. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Connie Bateman, please. Connie from California. Hello. Hi, How are you, Paul? I'm well, thank you. Good. All right. I'm going to talk about technology, transportation, and grocery shopping. Nice. Blind people are pretty good at technology, so I've been spending a lot of time on Zoom. And actually, I just retired from my teaching job, but before I retired, we were required to, re to do remote teaching, and they were really unsure about how I was going to do that, and I said, I'm going to learn Zoom. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of blind and visually impaired people in the community use Zoom very successfully. It's very accessible. I'm going to learn a dog on it, and I'm going to teach. I'm going to teach, and I did. Mm -hmm. um, and then we recently had a celebration of life for my husband on Zoom on Saturday, and it went very well. But a lot of the sighted people were like, well, I hope I can get on because I've never used Zoom before. And I said, hey, if I can do it, you can do it. So a lot of them were successful, and it was wonderful. Okay, heard, so lots, that. heard lots of stories like that, Connie, about how blind people are teaching sighted people to use Zoom. So congratulations. All right, yes. number two. Okay, number two, transportation. transportation. Okay, so I, for the most part, use paratransit. Before COVID-19, I was using Uber and Lyft. Felt very comfortable with it, but now it makes me very nervous because now that the, that the demand's down, there are less drivers they hike up the fares. When you're on the app, it changes like every five seconds. I, and I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> and, and you have to agree or disagree to the fare like in five seconds. And that just makes right. me very, very nervous. So that's, that, that's I don't, usually only supposed to happen when there's high demand. Um, yeah. But, well, but now it's, it's interesting. When low demand. I, I, don't, I don't have not had that problem in this part of the country. But go ahead. Okay, grocery shopping. Well, wait, wait, doing... wait, 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 wait. Oh, how, do, how has the paratransit worked for you? Uh, pretty well. You know, it hasn't really, unfortunately, uh, it hasn't really changed a whole lot. You know, it's, they still have the half hour window and you still have to call in Sacramento. You still have to call, you know, one or two so days in advance. Is there, is there, are you likely to be riding with four or five other people in a van or a bus or a something? You know, it's it's kind of gone both ways. At first, they were only letting one rider per bus. Um, you know, they were only transporting one person per vehicle. Right. But right. now they're doing shared rides again. But supposedly, we're we're supposed to all be wearing masks and mm -hmm. and they're supposed to be socially distancing us. So it's it's not one one rider per vehicle anymore it's back to shared rides they charging you the the normal rate miss miss connie or the the nor the rate the normal yeah, the paratransit rate. rate yeah it's normal yeah in, in in my part of the country it's 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 one person one vehicle and it's free huh so nope, it's not free it's 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 interesting how it operates all right number three okay grocery, grocery shopping, shopping. I started doing grocery delivery when my husband got sick because he started stopping able to drive and go out. And I still do that. And the advantage I see is 
I don't have to get in a car and waste gas, go, and I don't have to go to the grocery store and worry about socially distancing and standing in those long lines. So that's the advantage that I see. Fair enough. Now, have, have you found that um, on, the online apps are pretty accessible for you, Connie? I do it on the phone. I find the phone a lot easier to use than the computer. So I do Instacart. Oh, you can do Instacart on the phone? I didn't know you could do oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very accessible. Interesting. Cool. Thank you very much, Ms. Bateman. Thank you. We yeah, Con Connie's obviously very good with Zoom. I Just a little aside, which has nothing to do with the show tonight, but Zoom just announced their profits for the quarter. Did you see this, Paul? I did not. Their profits were up 3,300%. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. I'm a long business. 3,300% wow. in one quarter. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. But, I, but, I, I, I know I should have bought Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Sharon, my good friend okay. Sharon is here. Hello. Sharon. Okay, so um, it's very interesting to me because I don't think I feel as deprived during the pandemic as a lot of the sighted people that I live with in my building. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're always saying, oh, there's nowhere to go. You know, uh, you know, we're not doing anything. And I have found, especially with the ACB community, that I can be busy <laughs> all day long if I want to. Um, plus, I'm working from home, and yep. that's been good. Um, the other thing, uh, I use Instacart on the iPhone, and I have learned so much that I didn't know about a grocery store uh, mm -hmm. when I would go with somebody. And I also have just given myself permission to um, become a Dash Pass person on DoorDash. Dum, dum, um, dum, dum. Dum, dum, dum. And that means that I can um, try different restaurants which before the pandemic, I would never have, if I was by myself, I wouldn't have taken a cab or an Uber to a restaurant and done it that way. I do miss going with other people, which I do on occasion. So there's a little sociability isn't there. But yeah. on the other hand, I'm feeling a freedom in a way that I didn't feel before. Now, do you... Do you and the other people in your building socialize, or is it just like an apartment building where everybody's? No, we have a lot of socialization. We have a shush up, hush. We have... we are spending time chatting with each other, and actually, my birthday is tomorrow, and three people from the building are taking me to lunch at an outdoor restaurant. So that's pretty cool. That is very cool. Happy birthday in advance. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Miss Sharon. Somehow I lost what happened here. No, you're good. Thank you. But you're low. You're low. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Deanna Noriega, please. Oh. Uh, um, for me, it's been kind of weird. Um... I live in a residential area with not a lot of places to go. So my guide dog is getting very frustrated with me because we go out and walk what he thinks is aimlessly. And if it's starting to sprinkle or if it's too hot, he will do diagonal crossings and 
then he'll do another diagonal crossing and he'll get me turned around walking back home without my being aware of it. So That's I've had pretty to, clever. <laughs> so I've had to work really hard with his street crossings and up my game with lots of treats and praise and, you know, uh, to get him back to being the consistent guide dog to, that goes where I want him to go instead of well, where and, he wants to go. And that was go. actually going to be another uh, of my questions tonight. Yeah. So, so you can answer it. Do you think that it's harder for a, a, a guide dog owner and his or her guide dog in the pandemic? In a way, it is because um, they're, they're not taught to social distance. And he's a, very, he's a very social dog. He's one of those guide dogs that will overtake someone on the sidewalk and slip his nose into their hand, mm-hmm. you know, to say hi. As we, so I have to be really alert to sound. And when I hear someone coming towards me, order him off the sidewalk onto the grass and stand and let the other person um, walk past you know, so so do, you, do you actually social distance? Yeah. Do you actually find it easier to stop and let other people pass that that's the most effective way to handle that? Yeah, because then I'm in control of, of um, my distance from them. And I don't get uh, people panicking that we might inadvertently come too close to them. But, but if you if you stop, don't they have to pass within a foot or so of you? No, because I walk off off the sidewalk, you know, Some four distance. or five feet. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And then I put him at sit and wait for them to go by. And 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 and, and, and so you pray there's not a picket fence within a foot of the sidewalk. <laughs> well, he'll he'll guide me as far as you know what. It, Yep. Ask him if I had Excellent. to go the other direction, cross the verge, and step into the street. Mm-hmm. The traffic's not bad, you know, because mm-hmm. it's a residential. But there's not a lot of traffic, and it would be different, I think, if I were in a city environment. Mm-hmm. Now, have you, you know, thought of and, have Have you thought of any other advantages that blind people have um, um, in the pandemic that we haven't talked about? Well, I'm not sure. Um, I have gotten tremendous. Um, number of offers of help that I never got before. You know, my neighbor, people from my church, you know, all kinds That's, of people calling me and saying, you know, do you need anything? Call me if you need anything. That is really very cool. Um, I, it, it, it will be interesting to see whether other people can can reproduce that. Um, it, it may be that just living in the Midwest is part of that. Hmm. Part of it, possibly, and also the fact that they know that I'm a caregiver for my husband. And and, and they've probably so, seen you out with your puppy as well. Yes, I, I think walking around, are, get doing things. Yeah, puppies yeah. are a great advertisement for blind people. So, like, t- um, today, um, we were coming back from his exercise um, because he has to, to work hard to maintain his strength so he can stand and transfer in and out of his chair because he's much nice. too heavy for me to lift. Right. So we went for his exercise and we were on our way back and we didn't get black tea on our last grocery order. Uh-oh. So he, so he said, okay, here we are at the grocery store. Um, go in and get your tea. So, you know, I jumped out of the car, you know, ran into the grocery store, walked up towards the service desk and at the the market that's closest to my home, it's about a mile and a half. I could have walked there to just get tea, but 
you know, um, when I walk in the door with my dog, um, one of the staff will call one of the others and say, go see what she needs. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So someone came over and asked me what I needed and he went back and got it and he came back and he said, did you want decaf or or regular? And I said, regular. And then he took me to an, an, uh, another station and in, you know, checked it through and I handed him my credit card. He ran it, you know, and, you know, then I turned around and thanked him and walked out the door, you know, we're masked and gloved and all of that stuff. Yep. So, um, but they are, um, they're going out of the way to be more helpful. The only yep. time I ran into a problem was when I've had to go to a place where it's a distance for my husband to go once he enters the building to get to where he needs to be. Mm-hmm. And, he gets tired having to wheel himself. So I usually go and push. And one of his appointments, I went, they let me push him into the lobby, but then they assisted, insisted I go back out and wait for him. And it was quite a hot day, and I had to convince my guide dog to find our car. You know, so I could have a place to sit down. And my dog is not good at identifying cars he figured every car in the parking lot was a car <laughs> so, well i had to down a row of cars until i could identify my car by touch <laughs> yep and uh you know Excellent. wait for my husband so yeah that that was a little bit unusual um that you know that i was not allowed to stay because they were taking temperatures in the foyer mm-hmm. you know and they didn't want people staying in their lobby unless what? they were waiting to be called. Yeah, what, what, is the, what is the right answer with that, do you suppose? I, I mean, should we be more assertive and say, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to go back out in the, in, in, in the heat and, and wait outside? Well, Kurt made a big fuss. And the next time we had to go to that particular medical facility, I still had to wait in the car. But one of the nurses came out and brought me ice water. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a step in the right direction. Miss Deanna, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Mr. Rick. Yes, Paul. Terry, please. Terry. Mm. Mm, to you too. Good evening. Good evening. A <laughs> uh, couple of things that have occurred to us sitting here listening this evening. Something, one of the advantages to the pandemic is that I've started cleaning out old boxes of stuff. And one of the things that I came across, and I don't know if they're still available or not, but would be a great thing, it seems to us, um, is one of those, does anybody remember the hand guides? Remember that? Remember one year convention, everybody was buying hand guides to find where the barrels were for dog uh, to put your pickup dog, the pickup bags in. Um, Because when you hold it out in front of you, it'll vibrate if there's anything within four feet in front of you. Or I think it was up to four feet. I've never, never seen such a thing. It was yeah. I remember them at a couple of conventions. There was some place that was selling them, and it was called the Hand Guide. Either and that or the or the Dumper Doodle. There you go. That's another good one. <laughs> but it vibrates in your hand, 
if anything's within four feet. My thought was if anyone still has one, using that, especially standing in line like you were talking about outside the bank. Yeah. You know, Actually, it's, that's, it's not that's six, a, but at least if you got, knew that someone was in four feet, you could back up a step. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's, that, that's a really cool idea. Technology folks out there, it's time for you to market the distancer guide. Yeah. Yeah, it was called, that's what it was called, a hand guide. I will um, look at it and, and uh, I only just found it this afternoon. I Um, I, I have, I have never heard of such a thing, so. Yeah, I remember a lot of people bought them when you're at a convention. I want to say, a long time ago, I want to say it might have been like Pittsburgh or something that far back. That was a long time ago. Yeah, it is a while back. Um, (laughs) But I'll look and see and let people know on on our show Thursday night. If, and I'll put it out in a couple of places if it's even Very still good. in existence. That's, the, other that's thing I wanted to, yep. the other thing I wanted to mention was someone called a little while ago about the problem with glasses fogging up because of the mask. Mm-hmm. I have kind of found a solution to it. And that is if you take the hem, if you will, of the mask and put it right under the edge of the, right under the bottom of the glasses frame, from your nose out, right? it blocks. What it does is it diffuses your exhale. When you exhale in a mask, it tends to c- come up and go out the top of the mask. Mm-hmm. And that's what causes the fogging of the lenses. Uh-huh. So if you just kind of tuck it under the bottom edge of your frame, I, I find that it's helped, been very helpful, both with my reading glasses and with my uh, sunglasses. It seems right. to and- work very well. Yeah, and if you really seal the mask really well, you can suffocate. It's good. It, really? <laughs> for some people, that would be a great idea. <laughs> the heck with the diffusing of your breath. We'll just... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we do have a sixth sense of humor, don't we? We do. Um, so so has, how, has Frank's, how has Frank's dog been? Well, there's, the a, there's another interesting thing. He hasn't had a lot of exercise, but he got he started playing and he got over-exercised and pulled a muscle. Um, oh, no. One of his hind legs, and we had to have him on anti-inflammatories for 10 days. No. But he's no, doing he's- fine now. But the ironic thing is when he went to the doctor, when he went to the vet, and when I went to the doctor, this is a really good thing about the pandemic. We had both lost weight. Wow. I have no idea how that is. Maybe my cooking isn't as good as I always thought. That's but pretty both amazing. Lost weight. Yeah, it's, it shocked, shocked me on both counts. But he's huh. doing well. The One other quick one that I saw yes. the other day was Prevention of Blindness put out a thing in the metropolitan D.C. area anyway. They have gotten, there's a company that has low vision masks. I'm not sure how I feel about this, but some people might like it, is you can get a mask from Prevention of Blindness that has a symbol on the front of it. Um, It's from something checkered eyes or something like that that says low vision on it so that people that you're coming close to might get the idea, would notice what it says so that if you're, you know, looking at something really close and not getting as con- maybe not getting as concerned mm. that you're breathing all over the the loaf of bread or know. something like that. I, I, it's it's another interesting question. How do we feel about wearing something 
Um, I mean, we're carrying a cane, sure, I get that, but wearing something that says blind, I mean, is that is that equivalent to leper? I know. it's That's it. I think that's a very individual choice yeah. and, a, and an individual thought. I know we had a friend who always carried a thing on the top of her cane that was a light that would flash, and it said blind up the side of it or somewhere, somewhere on it. It said, I think it said blind or low vision. And, you know, she would hold it up when she was trying to hail a taxi or um, yeah. trying to get, know. you know, going I, across I, the I, street alone or it, something. It, it's, a, it's an interesting question. Other people are welcome to share how they feel about it. But would, would you be comfortable wearing a mask that said blind or low vision? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I've thought about it. And at first I was kind of turned off to it. But then I said, you know, how many people go to ski for light and wear a great big orange vest that says blind skier on it? I you don't know? know how many. Anybody that's going skiing with ski for light does. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, how do people feel about doing it for that? What's, is right. there that much of a difference? Right. Well, there, there, there may not be, um, but, but, but there is there's a substantial reward you get to ski that's true on um, the other hand there's also a substantial reward in getting out these days yeah well there is that miss <laughs> jerry thank you so much have a great night yeah. hey paul i got a business for us yeah <laughs> we we make masks yeah the message on it says if you can read this message, you're too close. You're too close. Step back. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and, and so, the, other, the other thing is white canes make great distancers too. Spacers. Oh, they do. They do. And, they do. And, 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 and people and are scared just, to death of them. If it just slips and you hit somebody with them, you can say, oh, I didn't see you there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, but Rick, would you, would you be comfortable wearing a mask that said low vision? No, I don't think so. Although, I, it, 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 it's kind of interesting because, you know, one of my landmark days of my life is when I started using a white cane and it provided yep. identification for me. Um, because I'm one of these low vision people that, you know, the eyes and everything, I mean, I, I don't look like there's any kind of an issue and I'm always right. getting, right. you know, are you so vain you're not wearing your glasses and that type yep. of thing. So I, I, you know, I somewhat believe I, identification in the right context is not a bad thing. But I, I, I don't know the, the mask thing. How about you, Larry? I don't, I don't think, think so. No stereotyped perceptions on the part of some-sided people that if I were to wear something that says "blind," it would it would depending on the person, they would automatically figure. Any number of things. Yeah, I think I would just be adding to it. I'd much. I have a cane, yep. which is very self-explanatory. If I had a guide dog, the guide dog would be self-explanatory. I just I, I'm wearing a mask as it is, but I just my, don't think having blind on a mask would do any real good. My wife used to work at the Miami Herald, and um, I would sometimes wait outside the Miami Herald for her with my cane. Um, and but I would usually have stopped somewhere and, and have a cup of coffee in my hand, and on three different occasions, you got, um, you got a quarter. Pe people put quarters in my coffee. <laughs> 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 
much you make on a good day. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, <laughs> well, you probably would have gotten a dollar if it was a tin cup, you know. That's right. If, if, but but the problem, <laughs> the the problem is that 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 I got that because I was standing on a corner with a cane in my hand and a cup in my hand, uh, yep. and 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 that was stereotypic, and and you know clearly, um, clearly I I would have had a mask on. Though I've on a couple of occasions, just to be mischievous, <clears throat> I've gone out with the mask covering my eyes as well, just because I I was interested to see how people would respond, um, and and for the most part they didn't, which was also interesting. One of the things I find interesting about masks is. You know, there's a lot of different types of masks, and people have different styles and different. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them look like they're designer masks, and they, oh yeah, you know, very expressive of people's personalities. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes even the shape of the mask, you know, is 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 pretty interesting. But anyways, uh, we've got DJ here waiting for us. DJ, hi guys. Um, hi. Yeah. Well, first first of all, I know that having and usually doesn't need any guidance, but in the rare occasions, Larry is usually walking faster than me. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, you know, with a cane. So, um, you know, it's, it can be quite confusing. Uh, anyway, um, it's interesting, the question about the identification with masks. Um, mm -hmm. I have a guide dog, and um, so I think that pretty well... Yeah, so, I mean, you, yeah, you don't, and, you don't, you don't need a mask that identifies you. Uh, exactly. You know, if if but your I, mask, if your mask said anything else, they'd say fraud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, now I've been thinking about putting a mask on my dog because I don't <laughs> want him to get coronavirus from any people. So, but I haven't I, quite gone that far. Uh, I, I don't think they've demonstrated that it's that it's um, doggable yet. So I think he's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I have found uh, it's the interesting thing about it is, like, I can get a mask uh, that has the guide dog logo. I yeah. can get uh, for my former employer. I can get which is a blind agency. They um, mm -hmm. they've got volunteer masks and masks for staff and all that. Um, and I haven't, I like their mask. It's like really comfortable for a mask and everything. Well made and all that. And thank you. That, and I, I've worn it. Uh, but now, our, my, as, yeah. as part of our poll, um, does the mask affect your ability to get around? Funny thing. We've had this conversation with a group of people the other night. Me personally, I feel a little stifled, but I do have some vision. Mm -hmm. um, I found that the, the first, the facial part, I could tell a difference with that, but right. I didn't quite get that what, what some people were explaining to me was how it is. It affects their hearing. And um, like, I know I can hear like if I walk by a tree or a pole and there's yep. traffic or noise on the other side, mm -hmm. I can hear yep. the change. I can tell yep. when I walk out from under or away right. from a building line. Yes. 
But yes. God forbid, I can't tell you if I'm walking up to a pole, I'll hit it if it's in front of me. <laughs> if I pass it, I'm safe, you know? So, so, so you're good if it's to either side of you, but, but straight ahead, it isn't so good. Not so good, yeah. Um, so, so that doesn't work for me. But I totally buy what that people are, that there are people who can do that. And then, I mean, there was probably six people in this little group, and it was an impromptu thing, and they pretty well verified that to me. And I, I thought it interesting, yeah. It, it certainly affects me. Um, I, I do not do as well about being able to identify myself in space when I'm wearing a mask, which is any time I'm out. You have to walk slower because I don't hear you do. ordinarily would hear. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I find it's that interesting. And it's stuff bouncing. If, it's, I, if I'm walking towards a building, I don't hear the audio bounce from the building normally. Yes. Without the mask, I'm fine. With it, I have to really be careful. Yep. I, yeah. it, it's, it's the same with me. It's interesting. So, DJ, any last thoughts? You have about 30 seconds. Okay. Yeah, I did find that going to the market, um, and I'd gone with my neighbor several times with me and my dog, and after having done this about maybe three, four times, my dog started um, tagging the um, little markers places where you stand in line. He'd really? slow down at each one of them. And she's going, what is he doing? She's going, he's standing on the markers or at the marker. You'd want to know what How you want to cool do. Is that? And I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. And in general, people have been, you know, like high as they went by. And they didn't mm -hmm. seem to be scared of me, just letting me know that they're coming by. And different things like that. No, it's been really um, think, more I, on the I, positive. Yeah. I think having, I think having a dog makes the pandemic a lot easier because because people people tend to react well to dogs yeah dj do you agree yeah oh no yeah. i totally agree but but i could see that it could could have just as well gone the other way yeah, and it didn't yeah. yeah all right thank you ma'am thank you mm -hmm. phone number 3317 please uh that is me i am pat I have about hey, four things. Thank you. I have about four things to say, and I'll say them very quickly. At the beginning of the pandemic, I live in a high-rise. We were hit with seasonal flu and the hard lockdown, and it was very difficult because a lot of buildings would not let people in. Even if you lived there, you could not have someone help you getting groceries, or it was difficult for a lot of people getting medical services. The food distribution, which I was not a part of, but for a lot of people. They were a part of it, were only for people who drove because, the, because they put the giant boxes of food like they do during the hurricanes in the trunk of the car, and the people you know, mm -hmm. drove off with the food. To help with the high-rise, I co-chaired the COVID committee, which helped a lot. And one of the things that they're doing here, which I thought might be useful to some people, is there's a very large for-profit blood bank that is all over the area, and there are thousands of donors because there are so many locations. So we sign up and we donate, get tested all the time, and everything but our names is a part of the statistics on the pandemic. So that gets me all sorts of free testing. But in talking to other state-led disability groups, I've run into two, and I am, I am in agreement with this, and I made this known at the convention. 
I want some sort of tracking of persons with disabilities, not necessarily that blindness itself causes people to be affected more, but I want the statistics to be out there in case we have to ever go through this thing again. And the other thing, wearing masks, and this is the last thing I'll say, is after a lot of walking and, you know, grocery shopping and going from store to store to store to store, it can be a little more um, stifling and particularly after exercise. Thank you for this wonderful forum. Oh, you're more than welcome. And and, and Pat, um, I think think the other thing that that I would like to ask you about is – in terms of uh, in terms of the the chairing of the COVID group in your high rise, what did the group actually work on, and and what was the logic of it? Well, I had some previous experience with the pandemic because I lost a family member when the country was not organized in '09, so I was following this way ahead of time. I wanted people to wear masks, but I couldn't get people to do that. So I put up stands with hand sanitizer, free hand sanitizer on the floors, and then started wearing a mask everywhere and buying masks and handing them out to people, and more and more people wore masks. Finally, uh, this was the hardest part, getting signage, you know, wear a mask in this building. That was the one that was um, resisted. I just lobbied my neighbors. And there were mm-hmm. a lot of people who disagreed until they learned of people who died of COVID, and then the whole story, you know, uh, changed. My feeling is that we had a very bad influenza B, lost 65,000 people for influenza right. B. People forget that. I think in the severe flu seasons, I hope the stands and the hand sanitizer, which I'm still providing, I buy at wholesale, because I want my neighbors to be safe. Is a good idea. Now we had cases of COVID, and that was really tough. Some yeah. people put barricades in front of their doors, you know, like the First World War, like a trench, and mm-hmm. um, you know, it was really nerve wracking because we, we it worked out. Now the the neighbors did that, or or the people who who had COVID. The, the neighbors, some of the neighbors did this. Oh my goodness! And. Oh. What we all did was we all volunteered to do something for the family that was quarantined in. You know, we just took care of them. Mm-hmm. And it, it actually, we we haven't had any more COVID. We, our building is one of the best, I mean, because we worked on it and we talked it out among ourselves, and I was fairly aggressive in pushing this. Um, you know, we were super prepared, and so now we'll have less COVID because we've got the signage. We've got the masks. We've got the sanitizers everywhere. And, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a bad thing to do. And I think churches and clubs could do the same thing. Miss Pat, thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Yep. Mr. Rick. Yeah, Wesley, please. Wesley. Yeah. Say, it's kind of funny about saying people were afraid of you. They didn't want to, to side guide your stuff. It's kind of weird. In my neighborhood, I experienced almost just the opposite. It's like I'd be out there on the sidewalk, and I'd be dead, basically looking down at my phone, trying to catch a Pokemon or something, and people would just come right behind me and walk <laughs> right past next to me, you know, without a care in the world, not consider the fact, here's a guy with white cane that might not see him, you know, and, or they come down the sidewalk, like two abreast on a sidewalk that's probably less than six foot to begin with, and they did this stay two abreast right by you. And so it's like, I just seen that's opposite for people 
you know, aren't really thinking about it, you know, to, you know, think about, I know people have a hard time getting a concept of six feet or what, but I find figured I've, it had dawned on me just maybe yesterday or the day before that I could use my cane to help improve the distance. So yep. if I can tell somebody's getting too close, I throw my cane out. It's pretty close to six feet. And that seems to help with people, you know, going, you know, several breasts or, you know, or just not, not thinking. That seems to kind of, I just need to learn how to handle that. But it's still hard if somebody comes up behind you and you don't see them or something. And also, I have a hard time with the restaurants. They would – the restaurants are like opening here, and but they put tables out on the sidewalk. But they put on both sides of the sidewalk, leaving like two or three space between them. And how can it be six feet away from people at the table have gone on both sides of a sidewalk that might not even be six feet to begin with? And I thought, and I thought you were going to talk about it. Would make it makes it difficult for blind people to know the stuff is there. I sure does. I never know the problem with that, but now there's some blind folks that that's a pain. It's like tables on, on the street. Mm -hmm. but now, do you, yeah. do, you, do you wear a mask whenever you go out, Wesley? I, I do. I do because basically around the neighborhood, around my apartment building, I do because same thing. People are like just milling about going all around you, and they seem to be totally oblivious to the fact that they're less than six feet apart away from you. But if I go east of my immediate neighborhood, sometimes I take it off there where everything, people mostly further apart, nice me on the sidewalks. Mm -hmm. uh, I do, they, because how it's worded in my state, they require you to wear a mask if you cannot maintain six feet of distance. And a lot of times... Now, yeah. How, how, how have you found shopping, Wesley? Has that, has that, been, has that been pretty easy for you? Well, it kind of has been because I had to sign up for Amazon Prime because I was blown like twelve, thirteen dollars on Amazon yep. Media Limited, and I found out <laughs> by by going on Amazon Prime and I get the cheaper rate since I have a you know EBT Oregon Trail card. Yeah, and, uh, and also I found out with reduction costumes by Amazon Music Limited and getting the one year plan for it. That extra cost is only like two dollars some cents higher than it was without Prime. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my a lot of my food problem is there's an organization that used to do community dinners at my apartment building, but since COVID nineteen started and they closed the community room, they're not giving us food boxes once a week. And between a food box and once in a while, I, I did have a food pantry I was going to make a delivery for me once. Mm -hmm. But since between its food boxes from this organization that used to do community dinners and occasionally going to get an order off of Amazon French or Fresh or Amazon Pantry so I actually don't mm -hmm. go to the store. That's yep. working out pretty good. So I I might be in four or five months since I've been to my Safeway. That's like just a few blocks away from my apartment, which is one of the reasons why I kinda of like being in the neighborhood and, and chosen it. But yep. you know, as for a mask that says low vision I'm kind of thinking I kind of liking the idea because for one thing, I think it's kind of nice if I can have a mask and still have to deal with a cane that's like you have a lug around that's like takes up an extra hand. It'd probably nah, 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 nah. We'd make you do both, Wesley. And it's kind of like it'd be nice if I could just have a mask that indicates a low vision. Also, I like nah. the idea of low vision versus a cane or blind because – People see the word blind or cane, they think I mean to be picked up and carried to the restroom versus 
realizing that I might be able to see, you know, and I might just need a little bit better description how to get there. So gotcha. I like the word low vision because it describes my vision situation for athletes and the word blind. And so yep. I kind of like that, you know, if I could, no, I, granted, I probably don't want to put my kid in a way when I'm out with cars, but I'm inside and not much cars. It'd be nice if I could put my cane away and maybe just have it on my mask, indicate people they might be an eyesight problem here. So I kind of like the idea. Yep. Excellent. Thank you, Wesley. Appreciate it, sir. Excellent. Yes, Mary, please. Mary. Hi, it's Mary from Columbus, Ohio. Hi. And I'd like to make three comments on three different subjects. Please, Miss um, Mary. Um, first of all, I hope this hasn't already been addressed. I had to be away for a couple minutes. But the lady who said that people who go to Ski for Light wear vests, uh -huh. a safe blind skier, um, that is absolutely false. She might be thinking of downhill skiers who do wear vests like that. But at Ski for Light, we have a guide. Um, and the guide um, keeps us out of trouble, um, getting out of the and tracks, running into things, things like mm -hmm. that. So we don't, we don't, you don't have to, you don't, don't have to have to wear a vest that says blind skier. No, as a matter of fact, on race day, I've heard that people watch people from the town come out and and watch the race and they can't tell which one is the blind one and which one is the sighted one. That's, that's pretty come cool. Across this finish line two by two. But so, you're a good person to ask Mary. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you make your points, but, but would you feel comfortable wearing a mask that said either blind or low vision? That was my second point. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, I, I, I have a guide dog. Mm -hmm. and, and you would think that that would be enough of an yeah. application, and still people don't get it. I mean, they'll still push a paper toward me and say, fill out this form. And I have to say, um, I'm going to need some assistance with this. I'm blind. Oh. And so they don't really put it together that blind and seeing eye dog equals can't see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but but they're not supposed to because he's really a service animal. You understand? Oh, oh, please! <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I I'm so proud of having a you know a guide dog in the first place, mm -hmm. but especially yep. a seeing eye dog. And, you know, okay, so um, I interrupted your points, Miss Mary. Go ahead. Well, okay, and and that is the third point. What a good segue. Um, mm -hmm. The third point is that. I worried for a few months about my dog because I live alone and I went nowhere. Um, I, I went to church by watching it on YouTube and Sunday school through Zoom and meetings mm -hmm. through Zoom. Right. And, uh, had my groceries delivered because I, you know, I did it online. And uh, so I went nowhere, and I, I did pretty well, really, psychologically. I took my dog out for a walk every morning, but mm -hmm. that was really the only work she was getting. So I was a little worried that when we did go back out into the world, 
Would she still stop at the top of the stairway? Would she still pause at a door? That kind of thing, her inside skills. And then um, I had to make some doctor's appointments and this was not until like August, beginning of August. So I didn't go anywhere until the beginning of August. And then I, I thought, okay, I can't wait for, you know, one or two years before I, exactly. I get my teeth cleaned. So um, she, she was perfect. She just, she just took right up where she left off. So I was very wow. proud of her for that. And now, Excellent. unlike the other lady, we both, um, we, we have not lost weight. <laughs> We've gained a little weight, both of us. Miss Island, thank yeah, I thank, just say yeah, one more thank thing. Thank you so I, much. Okay, thank you. Very thank you. Appreciate it. Carol, please. When this pandemic first started, I was having a lot of problems with grocery shopping. I always did grocery shopping online, and it was wonderful. Instacart, all those apps and everything. Well, when this pandemic started, the problem was People who normally went to the store didn't want to go to the store anymore. So guess what? They all were using home delivery, pickup. You couldn't even get a slot to get your groceries delivered. So that was very stressful. Um, thank God now it's much better. And I was so happy when the day came that I go on Instacart and I can get delivery the same day. So that was basically my frustration. Well, all of a sudden... I always was independent, getting my groceries delivered, and I couldn't get a grocery delivery because of so. The would you would you wear a mask that said "blind or low vision," Carol? Uh, that's uh, I don't think I need it. No, I don't think I need it because I have I have my cane if I'm out somewhere. Yeah, so I think that's obvious enough. Not that I have anything against it, but I don't think I need it. So you don't have anything against it, though. No. All right. Very good. Thank you, Ms. Carroll. Okie doke. Kathy Blackburn is back, please. Kathy. Yes. Okay. No, I would not wear a mask that said blind on it. Because if I'm, if I'm out, I have my cane. Okay. Chicken. And, yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is, I think that the thing that, that Terry was talking about might have been called Handy Guide. Because I have one, too. Probably got it about the same time. Uh, and and the other thing now, I just is, missed that whole technology, Kathy. Well, there's another thing now that does the same thing. Plus, it also can pair with your phone. It's called the Sunu Band. Yeah, but they're they're pretty expensive, aren't they? Yeah, it's about uh, two ninety nine, I think. Yeah, I, I I don't think the Handy Guide was was that expensive, was it? I hope not. No, I think it might have been about twenty bucks. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It, it had a, the switch on it that turns it on. Well, okay, the off position is in the middle. And yep. then you push the switch one way, it would chirp like a cricket. And if you pushed it the other way, it would just vibrate. Ooh, vibrate. Miss mm. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, um, you, would not, you would not wear a mask that says blind. Right, I would not. Um, and and it, do you have a particular reason? Um, well, if I've got my cane, I don't... That's enough identification. Yeah, that would be enough yeah. identification, I think. Plus, yeah. I just, 
I, I just think, it, well, I think it would be like kind of like what you were doing when you had the coffee cup and people started. Yeah. To I think yeah. It would, it, would, it would invite unwanted attention. I, I think it might. So give our best to Mr. Audley, if you would. I will. Thank you, Miss Kathy. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Joseph, please. Oh, dear. Mr. Hey. Joseph. All right, Mr. Paul. <laughs> Thank you for having me. And I want to give my the sympathies to the young lady that lost her friend, probably because they say that most of the people that die from COVID have other ailments, not just the virus. I had it. I was in the hospital for 13 days. I don't think I'd wear a mask. First of all, I don't believe in masks anyway, like they don't in the Netherlands. Now lower. Raise hand. Button. Whoops. Wait a minute. Let me stop Jaws there. No, no, go I, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I don't think I'd wear a mask. This is blindness. You don't understand. Uh, people don't understand blind people as it is uh, signing in with a, a tablet that doesn't speak. And, you know, I just act normal. I take people's arm. I keep a mask with me. I wear it very infrequently because I have a letter from my doctor. It does affect your hearing, Paul, and it does affect your breathing. And I know some people that have literally passed out. And like Terry mentioned it early. <laughs> she was joking. But uh, I hope someday you have some epidemiologists because I can help you with I've got the research that people say that uh, the virus would, could be handled in a much better way than this because uh, I know a lot of places like the Netherlands and other places, it's gone and they don't wear masks. And uh, I don't think I'd wear a mask this is blind. It just makes it too difficult and people don't understand how to really deal with blindness. And I have people help me with shopping, but it's hard because you got to yep. go one way and the other way. It's just, I think the whole social distancing thing is just out of control and crazy we don't need it just live like we used to deal with the virus treat the sick and that's it and get on with yeah. our lives Thank well but 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 wouldn't you say joseph that 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 you can afford to take that attitude because you've already had the virus and and are likely to be protected for a while that's a good question and yes and but i've also been doing some research and i found out the cbc has changed their story on their charts and i got a copy of the email that only nine uh thousand people have died in this country instead of 900 or 200 or 300,000 or more whatever it is so there's a lot of misinformation and wriggly road going on here that's part of it also i've just learned that that's life and we have to deal with it the best we can like we did with the flu and all the other yep oh so thanks a bunch you're welcome joseph Paul, we've got Sharon back. I'm back. <laughs> Hello. Miss Sharon. Okay. So as far as the mask goes, I would not wear it. Uh, I use a cane. That's fine. But I was thinking that one circumstance where I would want a sign is in the hospital room. I think that's a place where it's good to say, you know, we have a blind person here. Because people yeah. whisk in and out. And they're not paying attention, and it can be. I haven't been hospitalized that many times, fortunately, but it can be a little scary. So when, there, I when Gail went into the hospital, mm -hmm. we 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 actually prepared a poster mm -hmm. um, and put it up on the wall before before she ever got into the hospital. That essentially said, you know, patient in this room is blind. Uh, you know, don't enter the room without saying who you are and what you're doing there, and don't leave the room without, you know without saying, I'm going. You're going, right, right. But of course, 
course, it didn't do any good, or well, it did right. some good, but it didn't do a lot of good. But not a lot. But of good. but, <clears throat> but I absolutely agree with you. Yes. Yeah. So the the other thing is um, with the mask. This is really weird, but you know, people have talked about not hearing so well, and I've experienced that. I seem to have trouble getting people's attention more with <laughs> when the I mask? have the mask. It's like I don't know if. You know, people make eye contact, and I don't make eye contact. Right, and and they can't see they can't see your mouth moving if you're wearing a mask either. Well, that's right. That's right. So that yeah. So because you can't make eye contact, that that makes sense. Yeah. We probably shouldn't be surprised, eh? Yeah. Right. And then the final thing I wanted to say was that um, um, what I've been doing before I go somewhere because of the you know stay in your car thing is calling and saying, I'm coming, you know, in, in a cab or a van or whatever. Right. And I cannot, the car cannot stay. And I have, every time people have said, okay, no problem. You know, you can come and sit down. They'll find me a chair inside. Nice. And I think that the element of surprise isn't there. And that makes it easier for people to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Aaron, thank you so much. Ah, okay. Yep. So you guys, we have we have explored some stuff, and we've certainly uh, raised some issues. But but the question is, what ought we to do about it? I mean, it's it's we've identified some problems. Uh, we we probably can't do whatever we're going to do immediately. But are there things that ACB, for instance, or state and local affiliates, or special interest affiliates, should think about doing um, in order to be ready for the next pandemic. You know, it, it seems to me that there that there are three or four things that we that that we perhaps ought to do. One we did in some resolutions, and that is we we actually talked about the fact that it's not okay just to put up print signage that says enter through the garage entrance, that there ought to be a braille sign there or, or there ought to be some other way to make sure um, that a person is aware of what's going on. Um, and and our, our, I think that resolution will probably help. Um, I also think that uh, perhaps we need to do more in terms of working with doctor's offices to try to get some pretty clear rules written that suggest that we deserve some special consideration. And so that may be another thing that perhaps state and local affiliates might want to be working on. And it also seems to me that we ought to seriously think about what it's going to be like when we when kids go back to school um, and and how are we going to adjust uh, to to the new environment of having to be back uh, in a school environment and again, it seems to me um, that unless we're proactive in terms of uh, in in terms of having thought through what that relationship should look like, 
and how we can best protect blind kids or blind college students, um, we perhaps haven't done enough. Anyway, having said that, Mr. Rick, do we have anybody else? Yeah, we've got 9505. That's Margie from California. Ms. Donovan. And I would, I wear a mask anytime I'm out. Um, and I have to say, having asthma and respi- uh, history of respiratory issues, I've been the healthiest through the whole COVID pandemic because I'm wearing a mask everywhere. And, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to wearing a mask that says I'm blind. If it was done in a nice way, um, I, I wouldn't be opposed. If, if, it, if I thought it might help a little bit, um, I think those of us that use guide dogs today, we're just seen as anybody else with the dog because there's so many dogs in public today. They don't notice the harness. Um, next to a lady in a doctor. Yeah. Oh no, I was sitting huh. next to a lady in the doctor's office today, and when they called, literally next to her, she came in after me. I'm sitting next to the door. My dog is sticking out from under the chair. She sat down next to me, and she didn't see the dog, even though his head and shoulders is about a foot out, until I got up to go in. I think people just don't notice the dogs anymore. Um, so I think if I found any value in it, yes, I'd be open to that idea. Um, but, anything that what, would help. But what would the value be? Um, I think the value would be people would know I'm blind, so... <clears throat> um, out here, they're forming lines to go in the Trader Joe's, and unfortunately, the rear of the line is where people can't see me anymore. They've turned it around, and it blocks most of the sidewalk. And I was trying to get by the other day, and even though I have a dog, and he was doing his best, um, we, this lady had said something to me, like, you're in my space. And I said, I'm trying to get through. I don't think she realized I was blind. And I think that that might be a little more forgiveness. Huh. I would hope. Interesting. Now, now would, would dark glasses accomplish the same thing? No. Well, actually, I don't wear dark glasses, and I wouldn't. Because of what people have been talking about, the hearing, I think we have a lot of perception, at least I know I do, and people are talking about the hearing, and the mask isn't anywhere near your ears. I think it's the perception through the third eye. And when I wear dark glasses, I I I get very disoriented. Yeah. Well, I I don't wear them anyway. Um, But but are are they a symbol of blindness to to the same degree as, say, a mask that says blind on it would be? I don't think so anymore. 20, 30, 40 years ago, yes, but I don't think so anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, in the day that most blind people wore dark glasses, I think it would have made a statement. So what should we do to get ready for the next pandemic? Ah, lots there. One of my big frustrations has been media. Um, they talk about it. They talk about numbers. They don't verbalize the charts they're showing. Um, I think we need to do more so blind people, as you mentioned, the the signage, the access to buildings. Uh Um, I think we, I know I've been very, that that incident I had this last week at Trader Joe's was the first one I've had, I must say. Um, But 
I've asked people in front of me in line to let me know when they move up, if they right. made the line a little more tactile, like with Scott, um, masking yeah. tape or something. Yes, exactly. Uh, things like that that would just be more helpful. I'm, I'm very concerned about our blind and visually impaired youth and what, how they are getting their um, core skills right now through distant ed. I just don't see how that could happen. And then, of course, as we know, there's been a lot of platforms used um, that's not accessible platforms. And I think ACB could be doing stuff around that um, so that we have as close to equality in education from a distance as a sighted person, at least in your basic subjects, not your blindness skills, for sure. You walk around your neighborhood quite a lot, and you, yes. you go to various restaurants and stores and other things. So you're a good person to ask, have you have you run into discrimination when you're going out? Have you run into impatience that people have demonstrated or not? Not except for that one incident. Yeah, interesting. I've had yep. I've had people. Um, I I you know they they say you can't come in and we'll call you when you you know call when you arrive. I explain I'm blind. They said oh come on in you know. Um, yeah. When the pandemic started, I had um, gone through some pretty severe hearing loss and was seeing an um, audiologist at that point. And this was right in the very first week. And R.C. walked upstairs with me in an office I wasn't familiar with, and they told him he couldn't stay. And when they figured out I was blind, they said he could stay. And I said, no, he doesn't need to stay. <laughs> you know? so I think they were trying to be helpful, but also he did not need to stay. I had no paperwork. If I had paperwork, they could have helped me. I didn't need escorted into the room. So I, I think people generally try to be kind is my perspective in this world. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Miss Margie, thank you so much. Thank you. Great show again. Thank you. Mr. Three, Rick. 317, please. 3317. That's me. I'll be very yep. brief. Very brief. I fell into this role by accident because I, in the previous pandemic, people were allowed to quarantine in. And my family member survived longer than anyone else on the quarantine ward, which was a horror show. So, having seen that from the inside, I'm a strong believer in masks. And I was interviewed by the Department of Health because they wanted to know how to do, because they assumed the next pandemic they would allow people in when their family members were dying, which, of course, is not happening now. So I had contacts with the um, local Department of Health. We've mentioned all sorts of useful tools that we know, and I don't think you have to have credentials. In my opinion, I mean, this is what I did, and I'm not saying others should do this, but I, I, as I said, I lucked into it. It was no genius thing on my part. I made contact with the local Department of Health and started sharing everything I knew about disability, calling them and saying, do you have any questions? Call me. This is a service people can use. This is not, you know, accessible. I want this on the state. There are lists of uh, support services. I want this as a support service. I want people to know, you know, how to do Instacart or uh, GoGo Grandparent, or Go, which they now call GoGo, or whatever. And so I started listing all these resources. Anybody on this call could do that. Just call up your local health department. I mean, I, as I said, I got, I lucked into it. But y your your feeling still is that. Um because of the pandemic, the needs of people with disabilities ha have 
um, have probably uh, not very much been recognized or taken into consideration statistically, yes? I don't know, but they count every other demographic. And when I was last at the Versity Blood Center, I was asking them about their zillions of demographics. And if they're going to count everything, they might as well count disabilities just to see if there is some sort of correlation or something that can be learned. I'm not saying that's true, but if we're not counted, do we exist? When, when we had talked before, I had, I had mentioned um, flattening the curve. Were you able to look at that? Yes, I did. Um, do, do you think it was useful or, or not really? I wasn't sure that it wasn't skewed to more uh, well-off participants in that study. People had access to better technology, higher incomes. But mm -hmm. I, I can't, just an ignorant guess on my part. Maybe so. We're probably going to do a show, or at least I'm going to try to, uh, on flattening the curve, where, where I'll invite some of the people who actually did those stats uh, to come on and talk about where they came from, how they got them, and what they think the implications are. So stay tuned for that, Ms. Pat. Excellent. Thank you. Okay, Mr. Paul. Rick. Yeah, Chris Coulter, please. Chris Hi. again. Hey. Hello. Hey, Chris. Yeah, a um, couple of things. The, first of all, the um, wearing of masks. Um, I have not noticed a hearing problem with them, no. uh, with a mask on, but I do have the sense of being very stifled and kind of yeah. claustrophobic, so I can't wear them for long periods of time. I, I, think, that, I think that happens with all of us, uh, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I think the longest I've had to wear a mask was probably two and a half hours, and I I, I was okay when I was in air conditioning, but when I was standing outside in the heat, that be, mm -hmm. the, it became really difficult. Right. The other the other uh, comment I wanted to make is on the what you know, the question of what we as as affiliates and as ACB in general mm -hmm. could do. And I'm I think I'm I think I'm looking at affiliates more with this. I know that hospitals are very big on education of the public about different, um, you know, like diabetes, for example, or, right, or right. many, many specific medical conditions. And I think what we could do yes. is each, each of us either, uh, well, somebody from each affiliate, whether it's a chapter or whether it's state affiliate, um, you could call in your city, call hospi the hospitals, mm -hmm. the, big, the big hospitals, and tell them who you are or, or, or just write something and email it to, to somebody, uh, a website or whatever for a hospital. Mm -hmm. But I think a telephone call or, or going in in person is a better way to do it. But right. call and let them know. Just say, okay. I'm, we're, we're, I'm, I am a member of, of my city's, uh, my chapter of, of um, um, ACB, American Council of the Blind, right. and we're looking into finding ways of uh, educating you as doctors and nurses about being blind in a pandemic and how you social distance, how you do social distancing um, without necessarily having us all use wheelchairs or, right. or that, right. you know, whatever. 
and and we can educate you. We we've got power when it comes to our own stuff. I think I I think it's worth trying. I I've tried it, and uh, but with limited success. Um, the on, the only time that I was really successful was um, twice. Once when when I'd been in the hospital and people got to know me, and I said when I left. You know, there are a lot of people here who need training. Can I come in and do some? And they said, sure. And then the other time um, was was when my wife died. Um, but again, that, that meant that I was interacting, uh, and so was she, with that hospital for four or five days. Right. So, so I think probably the best way for us to um, persuade hospitals to let us train is to be there and be good patients. Yeah, and that's what I've been doing. So, okay, you, you um, actually, I, I, I think there should be a way to get affiliates involved or get ACB involved as as an organization. But I'm, I'm, especially since you just confirmed what I was thinking. Um, I really think some of this has to be done on an individual level. And we tell old, our affiliates yeah. about it, yeah. and then the affiliates can each, uh, as in, uh, each have their individual level uh, or members, just know how to take. Maybe care. what affiliates can do, or or what ACB can do, though, is to, is is to put together handouts and materials. That would that could work well, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, except so, that, except that there again, a lot of times brochures or handouts get thrown away, and we don't know. Well, that's that's that's, that's why that's why you incorporate them with your training. Right. But so, first of all, individual, yeah. I think it's really, it, all of this starts at the individual level and then we grow our affiliate, we get our affiliates to get, um, to get involved, but involved as, okay, I'm the person in the chapter who's going to go to the hospitals and, yep. you know, or, or. I'm the yep. person in the, the state affiliate that's in charge, you know, or we have a committee. It's individual people. We can't overwhelm people. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Chris, thank you so much. You're welcome. Diane, please. Diane. Hi, uh, Paul and everybody. Hey, this Diane. Is, this is Diane from St. Clair Shores, Michigan. Mm -hmm. And first of all, no, there's no way that I would wear um, – a sign on my mask that said I was blind. I always carry a cane. Yeah, um, Rick, Rick and I will have to think of another business now. <laughs> <laughs> um, second of all, I was at the doctor just last Thursday. And, you know, I had my mask on. They came in, they took my temperature. Well, the nursing, what do they call them? Nursing assistants just let me take her arm and we walked in together and neither right. of us thought anything of it. So I don't, I, I think that, you know, we both must have trusted each other that, you know, we weren't going to pass it on by touching each other. Now, were you, were you wearing gloves or, or not? No. Very good. No, I was not wearing gloves. Mm -hmm. um, the thing I would like to see, well, I, I think that there's a lot of need for training among the medical profession um, on all kinds of on all kinds of things, not necessarily relating to yeah, I, COVID. I think 
I think um, virtually all of us would agree with you about that, Diane. Um, as I, I had an incident, and this was way, way pre-COVID, where I was in the hospital and I needed some help and no one had told me where the call button was or how to use it. And I couldn't find it. So, you know, I had no choice but to yell and get attention. And, you know, that was embarrassing to me and probably yep. embarrassing to all of us. And so that I think that's that's the most important thing that, that we need to provide training and then, you know, provide specific training to how to the, handle the, the, the pandemic. The one of the most bizarre things, Diane, I don't know if you've noticed this and if other people have, um, I have been in, um, I guess, two or three different hospitals. And in every one of those hospitals, the only Braille that I found in that hospital is on the call button. And it, it, it says N for nurse. Uh, oh. I, you, know, you know, I really thought, I really thought it, it meant N for um, next, please. <laughs> so the call buttons you're talking about like on on somebody's bedside uh-huh at somebody's bedside those call buttons that's the ones yeah um but of course if they don't tell you where it is or clip it somewhere where you oh know no where I, no i get I, I i get that <laughs> I, I get that i i just find it fascinating yeah that 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 there's there's no braille on the room door now on the room door so you can't tell what room it is Oh, but, it must be under different but, laws than hotels then. <laughs> yep. Well, or, 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 or nobody much cares when they're in their hospital because they're not leaving their room that often. Right. That's uh, true. <laughs> but, uh, but, but there's frail on that, on that call button, boy. Well, that's good. If it just made a noise so you would know how to locate it. Exactly. Miss <laughs> Diane, thank you so much. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Connie, please. Miss Bateman. Hi, it's me again. Mm -hmm. So I think there is a certain amount of um, responsibility and self-advocacy that plays a part in accommodations or having our needs met. Let me share a short story just to illustrate my point. So after being the primary caregiver for my husband and watching him pass away from a terrible liver disease, it made me realize how short life really is. So I called Kaiser and I said, I need to do my advanced health care directive, but I'm blind, I don't drive, and you're encouraging people not to come into the hospital unless you have to. So I need a telephone appointment to take care of this. So they accommodated me. They, they connected me with a specialized help department, I believe it was called. Someone called me and helped me to fill out the advanced health care directive on the phone, asked me all the questions. Then she said, but you will need to come in to have it notarized. So she said, so-and-so so will be in touch with you in a couple of days, and she'll make an appointment for you to come in. So I went in with a friend, but my friend had to drop me off and park, but she helped me in there. But the lady I talked to, who uh, the notary republic, told me exactly where to meet her. She said, I'll meet you in the main, uh, come to the main entrance. I'll meet you at the tables right next to the Pete's coffee cart. And I'll meet you at those tables right next to the coffee cart. And I will go through the documents with you and verify that everything's correct. And then I will have you sign them and I will notarize them for you. So uh, that took some planning in advance and some self-advocacy on my part. So, 
you know, I'm not saying that that always works, but I, I think it, it, in a lot of cases that is an, a, a very effective strategy. Connie, thank you so much. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot um, that, that, that we have learned that suggests that self-advocacy is, is a good plan. And, and, and I guess, I, I guess I've, I've always thought it was and still do. Um, but I, I, think that, I think that one of the things that I would like to see us do uh, as, as a group anyway, is to think seriously about the things that need fixing after this pandemic. Maybe even put together, um, I don't know, short-term task force or something. Um, just, just to look at uh, some of the issues um, that people have identified and then try to determine what we do to make it better the next time. You know, the, 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 when we eventually do get an opportunity to talk to the folks who put together uh, this huge survey near the beginning of the pandemic, um, you'll discover that there were a, a lot of things that were discovered um, that suggest that there were more problems than most of us seem to be identifying tonight. Um, so it's interesting. I don't know it's, if it's just that um, on Tuesday topics, there's a better class of people uh, or, or, or what, the, what the reality is. But um, when, we, when we get to talking about uh, flattening the curve, and, and by the way, you can, you can get to it from the AFB website, but I think if you go to flatteningthecurve.com, you can also find the results of, of this survey. And it's, it's, it's well worth taking a look at. Um, so, Mr. Rick, do we have anybody else? Kathy Blackburn, please. Kathy. I, I went to look at the Carol Center website before I, before I talked about this because I wanted to have a little bit more information. Uh, earlier this week, I got an email from them because I, I got a book from them last week. But um, they've got this thing that they're selling in their shop called a Ramble Tag. And apparently there's part of it that would go on your sighted guide's arm. And then there's a handle that you hold on to. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah, and they want 35 bucks for it. Now, wh which, which website is this? Uh, the Carroll Center. C -A -R -R -L -L. Oh, oh, the Carroll Center. Got it. Right. Yeah. Up in Massachusetts. Yep. Interesting. The Ramble tag. Yes. Wow. It, and they said it, the description says it's orange. Yeah, socially socially distant sighted guiding. So, how long is the handle? Do we know? It doesn't say. Mm. That's one thing that would kind of worry me. I kind of want to still feel like I had contact <laughs> with how my guide was moving, and I don't know whether the handle would interfere with that. Well, let's see. If you have thirty five bucks to spend, Kathy, you can order one and do a review for us. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually thinking about it until I saw that price, and I kind of went, maybe not. <laughs> well, interesting. Miss Kathy, thank you very much. It sounds like a harness for a, it does. a person, doesn't it? It does. Well, you're close, Rick. You'll have to go to the Carroll Center and investigate this product for us. Yeah, I used to have, I used to know some people there. Well, I still yeah. did. But, uh, 
The Ramble Tag. The Ramble Tag. I, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't gotten that mailing from them. So oh. uh, uh, no more hands are up at the moment, Paul. All right. So what, Mr. Rick, do you think um, we ought to do um, as as ACB, or and 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 obviously our streamer is welcome to throw in his oar as well. Um, what do you think we ought to do? Should 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 we should we do a post-pandemic um, autopsy, as it were? Yeah, one of the things that we didn't talk about tonight, Paul, which is uh, uh, I'd really love to hear people's pre. Disposition towards this is when the vaccine is available. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be probably a lot of inequity in terms of how it gets distributed. But there's that. Plus, there's also this whole thing about you know whether or not people are going to trust it enough to want to take it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and what type of social responsibility do you do you carry or or re, you know refuse to accept by not taking it? The World Health Organization published a document a couple of days ago, which it asks all the nations of the world to sign on to um, in terms of the equitable distribution of any vaccines that were developed. And uh, our president indicated that he wouldn't sign, um, which um, which is interesting. But I, I, I think that according to at least some of the stuff that I've read, the expectation is that when a vaccine becomes available, the first people to get it will be frontline health workers. Right. And that gradually it will ripple outward from there. But there is a feeling that by the time you get distribution set, even if, even if a vaccine is developed by the time of, let's say, January, which would be very early anyway, um, by the time it gets to most of the general public, it's going to be April or May. Right. Um, so yeah, plus, bottom plus, line is we have a long way to go. Yeah, plus, you know, I mean, a lot of people, like as much as 50 or 60% of folks who are surveyed are are saying that they would not take it, that they would refuse it. Huh. Um, I, I, I didn't think the figures were that high. No, they are. They are. And, you know, and, and I don't know if there's a blindness angle to this, but, but certainly we're all members of a, of a larger community. And, uh, you know, it, it, it gets discussed a little bit within ACB in the context of when do, you know, of having our next physical convention, right? Well, I mean, I would take a vaccine in a minute. Um, I, I, I certainly would have no problem with taking that. Um, you know, I, 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 I am unhappy that, that so much of what people's attitudes towards vaccines is from, is, is from essentially uh, crank articles that have, that have already been thoroughly disproved that were published 10 and 15 years ago, but which have just created a distrust in the community. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. And that's, that's only been perpetuated by, our, by, you know, mm-hmm. people in power. So, 
Um, but anyways, it's been a very interesting show, Paul. And you know, should should we do a you know a postmortem? I, I yeah, by all means, I you know the, um, but I I don't know. I don't see any end in in sight. In sight. For this. So it's so it's probably not time to do a postmortem yet. No, I mean we're 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 going to be living with this for quite <laughs> some time. The pandemic's not dead yet. Yeah, we're going to be living with this yep. for quite some time. Into next so, year. into next uh, year at least. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think so too, Larry. So. Let me talk to you about what's coming up on Tuesday topics over the next month without without putting dates on anything because uh, I'm not exactly sure which will come when. Um, I really would like to talk to these flattening the curve people. Um, I think that would be an interesting show and, and because it explores a whole range of issues that directly relate to blind people and the pandemic and was a survey uh, that was done near the beginning of the pandemic. And, and um, so, it, you know, m many of the results might have been different if they'd been done now. Um, who knows? Um, I'd like to do a show and, and expect to soon uh, with uh, ACB students and NextGen, uh, because I think we've talked about old people, so it's time we talked about young people as well. Um, and I'd like to do a show that focuses on the, the folks who are providing services to blind people through private facilities. And I'm thinking of, uh, of uh, asking uh, someone from um, uh, the Alliance uh, to, to come on uh, and, and also probably from the, the Florida agency serving the blind so that we'll get an opportunity to, to explore the pandemic and beyond with organizations that actually provide services to folks who are blind. So those are the things that are coming up on the next few Tuesday Topics. Thank you to everyone who was a part of Tuesday Topics this evening. Remember, a diseased society is just as dangerous as a pathogenic disease. Both need to be cured, but there's no vaccine for the society. Good night, everyone. Mm -hmm.